Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. It's post-Halloween by a couple days. Hope everybody had a great one. I thought it would be fun thinking of all the candy that has been devoured over the last 48 hours to have the episode that I recorded with Dr. Jeff Trembley, who is a dentist. And Jeff is here in Nashville. He came over to the house and we sat and chatted about all things dentistry. It was really fascinating. I learned a lot. Um, he has been in a practice in an area of Nashville called the, the Gulch here in town, but he is now starting his own practice. It's very exciting. And it is called Smile on Nashville. So for those of you here in the area, check him out. Um, he is an artist as well, a photographer of at least that I have seen of teeth. I'm sure he photographs other things, um, but he has these really great photographs of teeth uh, that he's worked on and they're really beautifully done. You can see those on his Instagram under JF Trembley. So that's J as in Jeff, obviously F as in Frank and then Trembley is T R E M B L E Y. And you can go there and see a bunch of photographs that he's taken of various patients' mouths. And there's some good pictures of his dog as well. She is a giant, giant creature and adorable. So anyway, uh, yeah, we we covered a lot of topics. Uh, I had posted on Facebook asking people to send in questions that they may have for a dentist because I feel like when it comes to things like health practitioners, of various sorts, doctors, dentists, whatever, that um, people are scared to ask questions a lot of times of their practitioners. Uh, there's a lot of fear around body things and health things and self-care. So I thought, hey, I'll ask everybody if they have stuff they want to know. And I got through, I'm pretty sure, all of the questions that people sent in. Jeff covered everything. I did, uh, since this conversation that he and I had, I've quit coffee. We talk about foods and and, and uh, health and all that kind of stuff in relation to teeth. And I, we talked about well, you'll hear it when you hear it. But we, I mentioned the fact that I'm a, ca- a coffee addict, and uh, I have not had coffee for a few weeks. I feel really good. And weirdly, this is off topic. It's not about dentistry, but I was at a wedding this past weekend with some of my friends. And there was coffee, and I thought, well, I'll just, you know, have a glass or a cup of coffee. And I thought it tasted weird. I didn't like it anymore. It's interesting. My taste buds have adjusted rapidly. That's a lot of personal information that you could probably care less about, but I'm just saying, I don't drink coffee right now. It's weird. But a lot of tea, which is probably just as bad as far as teeth staining, if not worse. So, you know, you trade one thing for another. For those of you that have taken to iTunes and rated and reviewed Hey Human, many, many thanks. For those of you that have not yet done it, please do so. Super hopeful. Uh, I know I say it every week, but every week I'm hopeful that uh, more and more people will do it. It's, um, it really makes a difference. Uh, I'm on all the social media stuff, as you guys know. Uh, so check me out on Instagram and Facebook. I have personal accounts and Hey Human accounts. You can find me. Um, And then if you'd like to email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. 
And of course, links from every episode, everything that we talk about on each episode. Uh, well, not everything. That would be very long. But a, a lot of links I post to heyhumanpodcast.com so that there are reference points for you guys to check out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for continuing to spread the word. And here we go. Jeff Tremblay. Hello, hello. How do you do? <laughs> good. I'm, I'm having a good night so uh, far. Thanks for uh, being on Hey Human. You're a brave soul. You didn't even know what the podcast is about. <laughs> uh, I didn't. You know, hopefully uh, I could get on any podcast and just... Start talking, yeah. yeah. I mean, in theory, I think so. And you have a very interesting career, so and that's, I think it's great. Um, you are a dentist. Yes. Now, is there a specific kind of dentist that you are? or? Well, dentistry is interesting because a, a general dentist who graduates from dental school has the capabilities uh, to do just about anything in the field, um, with the exception of... It, some advanced training for certain certifications, but um, yeah, a dentist can do root canals, um, crowns, fillings, periodontal stuff. So, but orthodontist different. Yes. It is. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. a specialty, but you can do ortho as a general dentist. Oh, okay. So yeah, you just do you do that? Take some classes. I don't do. I do not do. Um, Ortho, no. Okay. It looks like, I, I, you know, I've been going over your social medias, and it looks like a lot of it is, um, uh, what do you call it, like reparative? There's yeah. There's a word for it, but that's the first word that popped in my head. I tend to do a lot of um, cosmetic. Um, that's the word. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> um, and, and also do a lot of root canals, do a lot of endo. Um, I, I Botox, fillings. Botox um, for people that clench? Both cosmetic yeah. and oh, for really? the masseters, yes. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, so... Is there a big call for that? Or, I think in this day and age, people are so stressed. I'm guessing there's a lot of... Although I read that teeth clenching is genetic, and that something will trigger it, and then... I'm not even going to pretend to act like I, I know the origin for everybody. I think it does Just relate to stress. Um like most things with human beings, a lot of it is genetic, I would say, but yeah. um, I, I don't know if that connection's um, quite as strong as it, it might be with some other factors, but um, yeah, Botox is great because what that does is it just, acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter that makes muscle contract, mm -hmm. so Botox binds to the receptor site, so that acetylcholine's being released, like when you when you clench your fingers, your hands, your arms, that's that's uh, the action. And what Botox does is it binds locally and prevents that neurotransmitter from causing the muscle to contract. So, huh. yeah, anyway, it, but, yeah, Botox can be used for a lot of applications. Would that work for, not, does it work for uh, the grind motion or only the clench motion? Well, what it would, you've got the masseter muscle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're doing finger puppets over here. Um, you've got big muscles used, we call them muscles of mastication, a masseter and a temporalis. Unlike weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> muscles of, of mastication. And if you can reduce the contractile strength on, on the masseter in particular, mm -hmm. you can sometimes deprogram people from falling asleep and REM sleep and 
bruxing their teeth, grinding. So, um, in in that sense, the therapeutic applications for dentistry can be applied with with certain people. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we jumped right in. Yeah, so we let's, did. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's go backwards. Um, why? Why in the world did anyone want to be a dentist? You're answering people's mouths all day long. But in in all seriousness, though, that's it's an interesting calling. Well, what's funny about it is. Um, I've wanted to do dentistry for a long time, and I would say most of my classmates would agree that I was the artist that slipped through into dental school. So I think dentistry is very fulfilling. Um, If you go to my Instagram, you'll see a lot of my cases where I take um, high-resolution photographs Mm -hmm. and layer them and, and show the before and afters. And So really, to me, dentistry is art architecture, um, medicine, psychology, business, um, but certainly art because, you know, all all people have, I mean, each individual has a a set of skills that is kind of inherent to them. And that's what Liam Neeson says. (laughs) Liam Neeson. (laughs) We all have a set of skills. Oh yeah. I can tell you've already, you've got a great mind. You you tend to link things. But really, I a lot of the the aspects of dentistry that come easy to me, like shaping one tooth mm-hmm. to look like another, there are lots of people who struggle with it, and it's not from the fact that I've studied harder to, or you know, given it's just something that I can do the 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 three dimensional rendering in my mind and having mm-hmm. my hands. Respond. It's a gift for you. you yeah. Well, I'm not an academic. Dental school is very difficult for me. Yeah, but that's the art form of it, is it not? The making the teeth. I've seen the before and afters. It's extraordinary. Well, thank you. Yeah, you definitely have a talent for it. I mean, I'm a layman looking at it, but Mm -hmm. I can tell something that looks good, obviously. Well, thanks. Yeah. Well, the the Instagram, if anybody wants to look, is J.F. Trembley. Yes. T-R-E-M-B-L-E-Y. And I'll, I always put links to every show. There's cool. always lots of links on the links page. So I'm curious, you said the psychology of it. You're part psychologist. Tell me about that. Well, I just mean each, each so on a given day, I may see, um, I may see a few restorative patients, people that I'm doing my work on and throughout that, those appointments, I'll be checking hygiene patients. So I'm, I'm constantly moving about every 20 minutes, 30 minutes from, say, uh, a procedure that is more involved to seeing one of my friends, hey, your teeth look great, Um, you know, how's everything going? And then I bounce back. So each time I walk into a room, I have to be aware of uh, the energy, where the person is, if they're wanting to get in and out, if they want to joke around, or if they're tense and concerned about something so there's a lot of psychology there's a lot of people that are terrified of dentists i think i mean (laughs) i assume this is again layman uh, idea of it but i assume it's because they come from a place where maybe as a kid they had a lot of cavities or something you know maybe softer teeth or something so that it was more traumatizing versus the kids who didn't have that experience absolutely more so than even maybe the dentist being scary versus the actual act of it. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I think a dentist chair is one of the most comfortable chairs. I could, fall, uh, I could nap in one of those things like nobody's business. Good. Yeah, that's what 
They're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm sure there are plenty, plenty of people who have had very difficult experiences inside a, a dental office and probably many who have not that just have a, a fear. I get it. And yeah. that's part of the reason, um, again, I, I love what I do. I actually hear at least probably once a day, I hate the dentist. You know, people aren't afraid to tell me that. Yeah. And uh, I just, usually I say, I do too. Um, but, you know. The, do you? Uh, not, not really. It's it's not something I look forward to, to doing when Why? I was growing up or now. Just, I don't know, because you just want to assume your teeth are good. And, and, I mean, it's nice to get them clean, but it's kind of an inconvenience. Yeah, I think they feel so good, and they're they're like all slippery, and I love that. Especially if you have a a great hygienist. Mm -hmm. I've I've worked with some really good hygienists, so. Yeah, yeah, it seems like you, uh, at least the vibe that your website, your Instagram stuff gives off, Mm -hmm. it's very family. Like The group of you look like you're very close, and I think that's good because it translates. It makes people feel better. Mm -hmm. It's not stodgy. Oh, the, the, the atmosphere... Well, I should say that I, I've actually left my old practice and I'm opening my own um, very shortly. And, oh, um, you are? Yes. Oh, wow. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. How it, fortuitous that we are chatting. Full steam ahead. Oh, that's exciting. Um, so when you were growing up, what what inspired you then to... You said you were more of the artist, and but something must have went, hey, dentistry, that's the thing I'm going to be. Um... Well, I knew to to do dentistry, you needed to decide right out of the gate. Mm. I mean, it's not usually a a third year in, in undergrad that you say, yeah, dentistry, I'm going to go. Now I'm going to start taking all the classes. So I figured, it's kind of a funny story. I figured early, um, if I do want to do dentistry, let's start in college taking those courses. Mm-hmm. Um, first, the summer before my freshman year, I actually went and moved into the dorm, took summer school. I think I got a B plus in that that first chem class. Well, and then the fall rolled around. I was already, you know, settled into college pretty well. Ended up with a 1.67 GPA yes. that semester. So <laughs> I did kind of- You're a lot of trust in the list. Well, I, you know, honestly, I- That was your first year though. Everyone gets a little bit of a pass. I oh gosh. I, I was not focused on school. I was just so overwhelmed by the college experience and just, I, I was a track athlete in college, mm-hmm. University of Tennessee. So it's not hard to, to, for a few C's and a D to pile up on you in that setting, especially mm-hmm. when you're taking difficult classes. So I did kind of do that. I put it down until my junior year mm-hmm. and chased it. So- it was a long road to climb back up, but... Do you have dentists in your family or doctors? No. No, no just me. Just you. Just me. Wow. Yeah. All right, so nitty-gritty. What's it like being in people's mouths all the time? That's got to be so weird. Oh, and somebody... I posted saying some people send me questions, mm-hmm. and which I don't do normally, but I thought this is an, a unique opportunity because I know people have questions for dentists. Sure. And, and a lot of people are scared, I think, to ask medical professionals questions, whether they be dentists or doctors or, you know, whatever. Um, but somebody said, do you still find people attractive after you've been in their mouths? I thought that was such a funny question. Well, that's, that is a good question. <laughs> you're probably not supposed to, I'm sure. Well... Uh, <sighs> To be honest with you, I see I 
I tend to be, like I said, the artist in me. I'm, I'm a little bit, maybe this will come across as odd, but I tend to see beauty in, in a lot of people. I mean, um, I think it's a part of, I mean, we're very uh, social creatures mm -hmm. anyway. And so um, it, it's certainly not a, um, <laughs> to answer the question, I don't think differently about people when I, you know, do an exam or yeah. work on somebody. So like the gynecologist goes home to his wife and it's like, honey, I've seen all, right. all day long. Get that away from me. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's, you get desensitized to it. You get that makes sense. in the zone and. Yeah. So um, you mentioned that you don't do, uh, drugs which I, I know that that's a big thing for a lot of people. They like to be knocked out. Or did you mean on the backside of it? And actually, that is a good question, too. A friend of mine who's a recovering addict, um, he said, well, you know, what about people like me who are scared to do something like major surgery, and then how do I get sure. through it without taking drugs afterwards? It's a good question. I mean, I think a lot of people have that concern. Sure. Well, we're finding, when I say I don't prescribe um Drugs often. I should clarify the term drugs. Caffeine is a drug. Nicotine is a drug. Alcohol, anything that alters the, the consciousness or even the physiology of the body would be a drug. So with that being said, I, I tend not to prescribe many narcotics for pain, mm. nor do I prescribe many um, antibiotics. So Often when people have a, a, a tooth that really needs, that is painful, um, in the past, Dennis would give him a script for an antibiotic and say, come back in, in uh, 10 days or, or two weeks to get that situation dealt with in the short term. When most of the time you can squeeze them in, do an early stage of a root canal to get them out of pain. Because most of the time when a tooth is hurting, not if it's abscessed or if it's, you know, there are certainly cases where the antibiotics indicated, but because I do so many root canals and I'm comfortable with that, if somebody's in pain, then it's easy for me to get them out of pain without a whole systemic, um, you know, affecting the whole body with a, a regimen of an antibiotic when I can fix it mechanically. Sure. A root canal is taking out a tooth and getting the root out? Is that what that is? Well, most of the time people need root canal because decay travels into the center of the tooth. That's mm. hollow. So if you look at an x-ray, you see the tooth and then there's a dark line mm -hmm. down. And inside that hollow section is the pulp, which is the nerve and the blood supply. And so when that becomes infected with bacteria, it can be very painful. It can be, um, you know, there are ways for us to determine if a root canal is needed, but that's, you know, in the past, a lot of, of dentists in the past would prescribe an antibiotic, which would take somebody out of pain in a few days, mm -hmm. but they're going to have to have the root canal anyway. It's not dealing with the problem. Right. It's just solving it. Yeah. It's kind of punning. Yeah. That makes sense. For those football listeners. Yeah. Even I know what that means. <laughs> so because of that, I tend not to write very many antibiotics. And I also think I have a pretty healthy population in Nashville, relatively speaking. Healthy teeth? Healthy in, in every regard. Probably relative to the average dental office and practice, I tend not to see the quantity of infection mm. or 
pathology that probably some other offices see. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just tend not to. And also going to the pain, the pain management, we're finding now that in double blind studies and as many ways as we can determine uh, that we can test it, that a mixture of um, Tylenol and um, Motrin or, or ibuprofen is more effective with dental pain than, than say, um, Norco or a... Is that a narcotic, I assume? Right. Just by the name? Either yeah. that or it's a show on HBO. I knew it was one of those. <laughs> Both, yeah. Narcos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a... Um, uh, hydrocodone and, and Tylenol so okay and that's kind of was has kind of been the standard for you know if you get a, a tooth taken out they give mm-hmm. you a handful of those and and mm-hmm. you know that's I, I do prescribe that when it's indicated but I tend to, to if I think the patient would be better off with the Tylenol ibuprofen mix then I go that way sure so do you ever get people in there that this is going to be a weird question <laughs> That are uh, like the Bill Murray character in Little Shop of Horrors. That you know, I don't remember that. His... No, he just he loved pain, and uh... Steve Martin, of course, wanted to inflict the pain, and there was, <laughs> they were they were a perfect relationship. <laughs> no, I can't I, say I've had any pain seekers. That's good. No. <laughs> Somebody want me to ask that? <laughs> I was like, that's a funny question. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I, you know, people think of pain with the dentist, but I really don't experience I mean I don't feel like it's a daily part of my operation to inflict pain well that's good <laughs> it's really not you know yeah. even dentistry I, I would imagine it, it's changed quite a bit from how it was being done 20 years ago 25 years ago because it's so much more patient focused now and of yeah. course that depends on the the individual but even from dental school dental school used to be very militant and they tried to kick everybody out that they could you know there's no mercy well now you know they're realizing we need to train these people to be very conscious and aware the university of tennessee where i went did a phenomenal job i feel like yeah so how um i've read so many reports back and forth about fluoride whether it's good or bad for you it's horrific you know my mother uh, so when she was getting her doctorate she was traveling to Greece and they didn't have fluoride in the water. And so she took fluoride pills while she was pregnant with me. So, which is questionable now. They say that causes, I'd be a genius. Explain uh, <laughs> it on the fluoride. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty firm on this stance as well. Um, I believe, um, I don't want to go too deep, but, but maybe mm. you can veer me back in if I get going too far. But Deep on. Okay, so... Remember we talked about taking an antibiotic versus having the root canal. The antibiotic is systemic because you ingest it. Sure. It goes through all the body. Whereas the root canal is me pulling the tissue out, putting medication up there, letting your body heal it. Well, fluoride can go the same way. So if you apply fluoride locally on the teeth, what that's doing is the fluoride ion is replacing an OH ion in the teeth because teeth remineralize all the time and it makes that structure stronger um i didn't know that teeth remineralize oh yeah yeah so the hydroxyapatite becomes fluoroapatite in 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 that two structure so um 
the application of fluoride, sure, it can decrease the incidence of, of decay mm-hmm. uh, or caries, but to put it in a water supply, once that water passes by your, your teeth, then it's, I mean, it's not even do, uh, doing, having any effect. Right, it makes sense. So why, that is interesting, why we put it in our water. I guess somebody somewhere 30 years ago thought it was a good idea. Well, I think, you know, all they, this is one issue that, that I think a lot of my classmates and I have raised is that they've got all the evidence and studies to show that fluoridation in the water supply can help reduce decay. Well, okay, but that's a very narrow approach to saying, all right, we're just going to fluoridate all these water supplies and, and not, not worry about it. I mean, it's really administering a medication without consent. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. It's a really it's, good point. It's on a very massive scale too, and you know, I mean, who 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 knows what the real side effects of it? Sure. Be, but look at me. <laughs> <laughs> God knows. <laughs> well, yeah, I. It is. It's a. It's a really good question, and you know, I have. You know, I read all these different things, and you know, you follow the money. Who's paying for the studies and all that stuff, but. It does seem logical. That argument especially seems very logical. You know, they just somebody decided, okay, we're going to give people this. Well, that isn't necessarily in their best interest. And so, I, mean, I always rinse my mouth and spit after I brush my teeth. That's good. Yeah. So I just figure, why swallow it if I don't have to? Uh, <laughs> the water supply is fluoridated. You drink whenever you drink your water. You're ah, I put a very nice water system on my house, and so it takes out fluoride and chlorine and random weird drug things. And, good. Yeah, and it's for the whole house. So. Well, I would say, I mean, I think that's great, but there, there's a massive part of the population oh, no, that I know. can't do it. No, absolutely. So. You all can come to my house and put <laughs> your water jugs. <laughs> it's weird, too, because once you get used to the way water tastes without all that crap, yeah. the other water tastes terrible, mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, the I, I am not a proponent of fluoridating the water supply. Uh, I do believe it's beneficial to apply it locally when you go to the dentist and in the efforts people have of trying to place it on kids at school. I mean, I'm okay with that. What um, about uh, in the toothpaste, though? I mean, isn't that locally as well? It is, but you're... You're still absorbing. Well, you're not, you're, you're not really supposed to ingest that. I mean, it, to me, the application of it topically, yeah. and then, you know, because we don't... I mean, you probably will ingest some if, if you apply it topically, the fluoride. But um, I, you know, I do not think it should be put in the water supply. Do you have Absolutely fluoride not. in your toothpaste at home? Yes. You do? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite brand? I don't. You know, no. I, <laughs> I don't. I no. try. I even try different Stop. types myself. Yeah. yeah. And what about flossing? Are you a big fan of that? Flossing is more important for some people than others mm-hmm. depending on spaces of teeth right yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big thing i enjoy a good floss <laughs> yeah i do too yeah <laughs> I, i've got a good tip a long day. <laughs> i got a tip for the for the listeners put floss in your shower that oh that way. is a good idea because it's kind of skanky when you just like crap yeah you gotta place. clean your mirror i had an ex-boyfriend who uh, well he was a current boyfriend at the time but he would always floss like over the bed I'm like what are you 
doing little food bombs. I was like, so disgusting. That's That's equivalent to me of trimming your toenails in bed is not okay. That's not acceptable. (laughs) So not acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. What about mouthwash? Is that even a thing? It is. You know, that... That's a whole other topic as well. Um, I think mouthwash mouthwash should not be used every day regularly. Should not. Right, because you have a healthy flora of bacteria Mm. in the mouth. That makes sense. I mean, honestly, half the cells in your body are bacteria. Isn't that crazy? It's about a one-to-one ratio. Yeah, it's not something you like to think about too much, but yeah. I mean, I know the bugs are good bugs and, you know, there's bad bugs battling it out with the good bugs and all that stuff. If you looked at your skin under a microscope, you'd probably not sleep for about a week. Or if you looked at your pillow under a microscope. (laughs) Right. Well, the bacteria for sure. I mean, we are, like it or not, it is a part of, Mm. we're a system almost. A hundred percent. I agree with you. We're, We're a system. So... Um, and again, that's why I'm not big on the antibiotic. It's certainly necessary sometimes, sure. but it does mess things up. Yeah, you want a healthy flora. In fact, when people get like periodontal disease or um, any type of infections, that's usually that is that comes about usually because the bacteria is changing from different types of bacteria. Yeah. So if you can keep that healthy flora by you know just doing what most dentists recommend, brushing flossing, mouth rinse, uh, that's fine. But if you start the, if you're too vigorous with the mouth rinse, it can kill off the good bacteria. And, mm-hmm. You know, you just don't want to. When I start to feel myself getting sick, a sore throat, I generally gargle with salt water and call good. it good. Yeah. Because that seems like the smartest thing over. And plus that mouthwash of burns. I'm not a big fan. Salt water rinses are great. Yeah. I, I think that as far as things like bad breath, which I assume probably sometimes comes from um, screwed up teeth or whatever, or gums or whatever, you're the doctor. But um, I, I think post-nasal drip probably causes that more than anything. It certainly can, or even... And stuff in your stomach. stomach dis- yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all, it's all linked. It's all part of it. Yeah. But, you know, if I had, really, if I had one message to get across on a podcast, it's it's pretty simple, and, and it became very clear to me at the end, like, towards the end of my dental school career, I started seeing connections between pregnant women and, to be honest with you, large men who had acid reflux. I would see the same patterns of decay in their teeth. Mm-hmm. So... I c- most days I can walk in and see somebody with uh, decay or, or rampant decay that, you know, where it's generalized all over, you know, and, and I'll say, you having heartburn? Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, oh, it's so bad. Well, what that is, it's stomach acid mm-hmm. coming up the esophagus and decay on teeth equals acidity. Acid equals decay. It's not sugar. It's not bacteria. Everybody has bacteria in their mouth. Everybody has sugar in your mouth. It is directly the acid. So bacteria plus sugar equals more acid. I tell patients if it's a liquid and it's colorful, tastes good, then it's uh, acidic. Yeah. Because you say Diet Coke, well, it doesn't have any sugar in it. It's not hurting my teeth. Well, 
the acidity that's what's hurting your teeth yeah i think about that because i'm a huge fan of grapefruit juice i love it so much but i try not to drink it too often because i know it's not good for my teeth but when i drink it i try and rinse my teeth afterwards with regular water because but it's so good yeah (laughs) well i i wouldn't want the message to be don't touch any acidic um liquids or foods yeah because citrus foods are good for you sure you don't want scurvy right it's very important for right. us. Yeah. No, yeah, you don't want to. I don't want to have a scurvy population pop up in <laughs> these listeners. Um, but acid-based chemistry is real simple. Uh, uh, you know, an acid, strong acid, a strong base, they neutralize each other. And so, if you do have, uh, you know, I, I even think tooth decay is linked to strength of acidity by by time. So, if you have a very you have say some weak acids you're not brushing your teeth then the, the longer that acidity is in contact with the teeth the, the more decay and, and complication you'll have so well what about baking soda then baking soda for beautiful that's a good toothpaste but they don't think that has fluoride for some reason maybe it does i can't remember the last time i picked up a tube of that well it so it tastes yucky. yeah it's well a great taste. the the baking soda water I tell people all the time you can you can a couple of tablespoons of uh, baking soda in, in a glass of water stir it up and swish it you can drink it and it's not gonna hurt you any more than drinking a coke would but uh, pregnant women especially if, if they're having morning sickness that's mm-hmm. that's out of my league to help them with that but I but I do tell them when you have the morning sickness or you vomit anybody, Get some baking soda water, um, stir it up, and, and swish it around in your mouth. You can even swallow it before you go right into the bathroom and start brushing because that um, that mechanical action on the teeth with acidity in the mouth it's it's not helping. You just want to you want to neutralize the acid, then you can brush your teeth. Hmm. So interesting. That's it. Pregnant women, all women. I would actually love to hear how many women who have had children were, were told by their OBGYN to be cautious of the morning sickness because of the teeth. Oh, it should be told to every really? single pregnant woman. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. You should do a Facebook post about it. Well. People read those, I hear. <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing now. I mean, I, I honestly tell... This I is going to be heard by a lot of people. So good. that's good. Well, in baking soda water, I mean, you just, even if you don't want to swallow it, just rinse if it you around in there. rinse it around. Yeah. I've seen so many women think that, oh, I got pregnant and then my teeth, I never had a cavity and now I have six obvious cavities. My teeth are falling apart. I've never it, heard that. The that's so fascinating. They're saying, was it the hormones or, or they're telling me, yeah, I've got bad teeth now or. No, it's acidity, 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 acidity. I say you probably. I mean, it makes sense. Sure, it's logical. And um, even if you don't, even if some of the women or even men with acid reflux, even if it's not a full uh, uh, vomit situation, or even if you're not burning in the mouth, I I tend (laughs) to got a full vomit situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the technical I've seen, like, term. That has we have people running in. We've got a full moment situation. So, somebody needs to animate this. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh yeah. my gosh, I would love 
love that. Uh, well, that's so fascinating. All right, let's talk cavities. Okay. So the acid is, you think, is a big part of that. Yes. But some people just have weak teeth. Yes. What um, is that, or is that even a thing? I don't... Because my friend, Ellen, who I have to seemingly mention every podcast at this point, she always says, oh, I have weak teeth. I don't know. I guess I have strong teeth. I haven't had a lot of... I haven't had any cavities. So I don't know if that's a thing or... It certainly can be how the, the enamel mineralizes from one individual to another. But I think that may be a percentage of people that's low. What's higher is the acid, not only the acid exposure, so maybe... I took acid in high school. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know how LSD would affect teeth either. But the other, the other variable is saliva. So... Mm. Um, Maybe your saliva is closer to 8.5, whereas mm, your friend's saliva is 7.5. So mm -hmm. saliva is basic and it's used, uh, you know, of course, with digestion, but also to coat the teeth with a, a alkaline to help buffer acid. So, you know, there's there's so much more to it. I mean, there... We have to all go get litmus tests on our tongue, I guess, and see... That'd be interesting. Well, I, I tend to think it, it, it varies in people. You mean, oh, I bet hormones too, probably for women during their cycles. Sure. I bet their acidic yeah. content changes. Or It does. And, and we're finding... Some women actually spit fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's... that's I For sure, I think... I don't have the research to back it up. These, these are just assumptions I've made. Because we know that people who take... Um, meth. You've heard of meth mouth. Um, I've seen it on you yeah. know pictures and things. It's horrifying. It is so sad. Well, what that is is extreme acid exposure because and it the, comes through their skin and stuff. I mean, it's nutty. Well, the salivary glands dry up. The food that you know people are staying awake for three days, drinking coke, eating snacks. They're not sleeping. So. Um, the what happens also that we know the salivary glands start to turn from having an alkaline uh, acidic um, ph to acidic which mean makes me think the body responds mm -hmm. in certain stressful situations or mm -hmm. hormonal changes to to maybe lower the ph that's something i should look you know there's I mean, so many things i want to do you could research all that it, yeah. do you are, do you have plans on doing that as you move through your career to to do studies like that and yes i, I mean do. you have you have people coming in your door all the time that could be part of those studies you know yes i i i'd like to think that i will get to organizing it and I, i've taken some little steps that um, you know, to, to set up some things. That's why I, I know a little bit that I do know. Um, I've, I've pulled a few, I've had some people pull research for me because um, there's a lot of research about it, but I don't think anybody's really pulled it together. Mm -hmm. He could yeah. be the guy. We'll see. Maybe I will. That would be exciting. Maybe, maybe a strange noise just came out of my throat when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> There's the dragon. <laughs> maybe I'll be on here in two years and say I looked into all of it and I don't know what I was thinking. But I, I, I tend to think that sal salivary glands, the pH changes based on body stress, hormones. 
That's why raccoons are always so chilled out. They have no, they don't have any spit glands, right? They, really? they dip, yeah, they dip their food before they eat it in, mm. in liquid so they can eat it because they don't have spit, I guess. Interesting. Unless somebody just lied to me. That, that was an internet find, so it could be a lie. But I think I've read that a few different places, and that's why they do the... Huh. Have you ever watched a, a raccoon yeah. eat? You know, they, yeah, dunk they do his the Oreos dunk in the milk. <laughs> yeah. oh, where do you go to get your, de- work, your dental work? Well, usually what, it's kind of been sporadic. When I was in school, we would, we would actually have to check each other and, and, mm-hmm. and do that for the, um, for the um, grades and whatnot. But in the office, I will usually have my, my hygienist clean me. And, oh, sure. And, you know, I'll, I, I've actually never had a cavity in my life because I think, you know, I have good saliva and I don't know, I just... I've just have been lucky, fortunate, yeah. as have you. Yeah. Right? No yeah. cavities? No cavities. So I know I'm not very prone to them, but yeah, I usually have a, a friend look at, you know, a colleague look at me for at least once a year. So twice a year cleanings, that's what I do. That's what's recommended, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, let's talk fillings for a second. There's sure. such a debate about that, whether... Um, so what, there's, is there mercury in fillings? And now you, you use the, the white stuff, right? right? The enamel. Well, the, the old, the older silver fillings, mm-hmm. call them amalgam. They, they had mercury in them and I don't place those anymore. I don't know. Does many anyone? Dentists. No. Our military, our army does. Oh, army, Navy, <laughs> armed services. And yeah, there's some offices that still do. A lot of insurances won't pay you for composites. They'll only pay you for really amalgams. Oh, it's crazy. So if you place the composite, which I would always do, you get less reimbursement. Don't get me started on that. No but, insurance, yeah. But the sure. other one, the, the tooth-colored filling, it's an amazing substance. It's a composite resin that you know we hit it with the light, and it causes a... Um, polymerization to where it sets up becomes very hard and the 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 properties of that advance of the composite resins are advancing significantly each year mm-hmm. the technological advances i use resin for a, a, a lot of indi- indications in dentistry and it's phenomenal because it bonds to the existing tissue um, you can get away with removing less biology of somebody by patching with the resin i mean if if the resin is applied correctly it can be a very very long-term um, fix yeah i mean our teeth go through a lot yeah absolutely they get beat up pretty pretty good i would say um what about for people that want to replace old fillings that do have the i mean is it more dangerous to um, take out stuff that's already in place to I tend to not recommend it. Like if I see somebody who's had a who's had a filling in their molar for twenty something years and it is uh, not compromised, it's doing fine, which a lot of people do. Then I'm not. I do not suggest. Hey, we need to take this out and refill this tooth. Um, especially because I think the the mercury vapor is probably more damaging than then mercury mm-hmm. contained. That so, makes sense. Yeah, if we could just go chop it up and uh, release all that vapor, that 
in my opinion, is not beneficial to the mm -hmm. situation. So, but if, if we do have to take it out, I use a rubber dam, which isolates the tooth from the rest of the mouth mm -hmm. and um, put you on nitrous or oxygen. So you're breathing. Wait, you, you did not come out for it? No, nitrous oxide, N2O, it's... Um, it makes you giggle, right? It's yeah, a it's a laughing thing. gas. Yeah, I've never done that. So, Have you ever done it? I have done it. We had to do it in school, actually. I don't like it. A, a small percentage of people don't like it. Most people do. But it is... Um, it's a, a very safe, non-interactive... Um, um, gas you know that that really helps a lot of people with anxiety some people just chill enjoy. out yeah yeah that makes sense and I, there's some dental practices i've read about that knock you completely out to do. sure sedation dentistry. Yeah. yeah i don't think i would enjoy that i think it would i don't know if you don't have to be knocked out for something but i, I mean i get i guess for people that have anxiety it makes sense what's the worst case scenario teeth you've ever seen personally are you allowed to say I mean you don't say their names obviously because of HIPAA and all that stuff but what is an example of something terrible you've seen and why was it that way you think well periodontal disease is just awful that's and just teeth falling out or your gums is that a gum thing um it, it is definitely a gum thing you know we've got if you separate dentistry into say two areas you've got mm -hmm. the tooth and everything inside you know, imagine a, a tooth just sitting there. Um, that's the legs. <laughs> right, right, hanging out on its own. Well, everything else, the, the ligaments, the uh, tissue, the gingiva, the you know, everything else would be kind of another category. That's how I like to separate the two. And of course, they're related. But like bad periodontal disease is one of the worst because the tissue becomes infected by gram-negative bacteria. The smell is, uh, the odor is, is not pleasant. It's like death, right? It's a little dying bit. tissue. Mm -hmm. Infected, mm -hmm. dying, rotting, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and some perio can be really off-putting, but, you know, at least now we're advancing significantly with implants. So uh, I've seen a lot of patients who, um, in fact, I had a, a gentleman come to me about a year ago, who had very bad periodontal disease. All his teeth were loose. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of buildup. The tissue was red and inflamed. So I sent him over to my friend, um, Dr. Payman Rossi, because he special, he's not a specialist, but he tends to, his type of dentistry is um, full mouth um, implants all on four. So what he would do is he would take out those teeth remove the infected bone and tissue and really clean it. And part, a big part of that procedure is the cleaning. God, that sounds so horrifying. So, well, it does, but imagine walking around with, with I don't know, 20... Gangrious teeth, yeah. basically. Yeah. So he's able to um, remove the infection. The bone heals, tissue heals, and he places implants. Once those heal, he makes uh, an upper and lower denture that attach to the implants. So. Sure. Dentures were terrible for years because they would fall out and clank. You got to use the paste. Well, I now mean, they screw them in, right? Yeah, or, yeah now they can attach. And, yeah. So, what makes somebody, I mean, it's, a, I don't know, it's a question you can answer, but I just find that fascinating. I suppose it's the same reason why people don't go to the doctor until it's too late. Fear and just not ever getting around to it. And But you would think something is, 
predominant as a smile. That's the go. first thing you see is somebody smile in their eyes and, you know, all You're that asking kind of me thing. about psychology. Again. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it is. It is. Sure. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm constantly, my curiosity for the human condition it knows no bounds. I just don't, it's wild. I'm not judging it. I just think it's so fascinating. Right. You know? It, well, you know, the fear probably plays into it a hugely, lot. Hugely, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody in that situation, I think most dentists, if you go schedule a consult and ask to speak with them and tell them your fear and what you are concerned about, hopefully they can slow down to give you great options and, and mm-hmm. really help you because there's a lot that can be done now. And I think that finding any kind of medical practitioner, a dentist, a doctor, I mean, a psychiatrist, a, you know, therapist, whatever, even a person to put the roof on your house you should see a few different people and see what feels right mm-hmm. right it's oh yeah for because sure because if you're not comfortable in a situation that's that's some serious hardcore vulnerability to mm-hmm. be laying on on a even if it's a comfortable chair <laughs> to be laying on a chair and have somebody rooting around in your face <laughs> yes for i mean sure. Okay, so still you didn't answer why. Why but, be a dentist? Oh, why be a dentist? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I kind of liked, when I was little, I had a few influential people in my life. One of whom was Dr. Marshall Parker. He was an old orthodontist in Knoxville, and uh, he's since passed. A mm. great, great guy. Um, but he was funny. He would always just say, hey come on in here and hang out with me, you know, and and try to get me in his office. And that guy pushed me towards dentistry. He probably did it to a lot of people, but me in particular, he went after me. He did my braces when I was in, uh, I guess, a freshman in high school. And, you know, I had these thoughts in high school. Well, I need to kind of be thinking about what I, I mean, I didn't go home sophomore in high school and start looking at dental books. You know, it wasn't like that. Yeah. I kind of always had it in the back of my mind. I liked how how it was. It's actually very active. It's it's kind of nonstop and all yeah. those. And now more than ever, art is so important with it. I mean, because there's so much capabilities to change a smile without damaging somebody's biology, preserving biology, and helping the whole human being with. In the least invasive way possible. It must feel really good to take somebody that hates their smile and, and transform them. It does. It, it also feels good when somebody comes in and says, I want veneers. And I say, not here. No way. Your teeth are great. We can maybe add a little resin here and there. Let me polish this. But you're no way am I going to cut back your teeth. Let's change how you view them, you know, how you look at yourself. Yeah. I've definitely turned people away. Do people have body dysmorphia for their teeth? That's interesting. Sure. Wow. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Huh. I really thought of that. So when they do veneer, when you're doing a veneer, you have to shave down the teeth real, really, really thinly. Is that right? Or Well, a veneer, and again, this deals with the advancement of technology. It is a... Um, ceramic material that is bonded or a porcelain that's bonded to the front of the tooth so if your teeth are in a great let's say you come in to have veneers and and we decide it's something that needs to be done maybe you have a lot of uh, uh, 
staining on the front teeth that has something, you know, some superficial decay just in the enamel. And we say, yeah, okay, we're, we're going to do veneers. Yeah. Well, if, if your teeth are right where the, the teeth should be, meaning um, I can't just tack something on top of it because it would stick out. It would raise your lip line. Everybody would know. It just wouldn't look right to the eye. And if the teeth aren't aligned perfectly, sometimes you have to shave a little bit on the backside of one. Mm -hmm. But generally, um, what I do when, someone, when somebody comes to me for veneers, I always slow it down. I pump the brakes and I say, all right, we're going to take this impression. I take all kinds of photos, measurements, and I mount the case on like a bite simulator. And we say, what do we want the ideal teeth to look like? And we do it in wax over over mm -hmm. the, um, which means sometimes we have to cut back on the, um, the original model to make it look exactly how we want. So then we take that, we make an impression of that and make a reduction coping. So when I'm prepping the teeth, I'm only wanting to take off about half a millimeter from where the ideal is. Mm -hmm. So if your teeth are set back, we have to do very minimal, uh, reduction of those teeth. Um, but if in other situations we have to take away more and then a, some dentists are doing no prep veneers at all where they don't touch the teeth whatsoever. Hmm. But that has to be very case specific. How because, do you like I do said, that? Well, it's essentially the same thing. It's just a, a you're adding very thin changes. Yeah. Kind of like what I do with the resin. So yeah. I'm bonding it on and um, there's some very good work out there with people doing that but even those guys can't always do it mm -hmm. you know sometimes you have to cut the teeth back for it to look right does that enamel toothpaste really work is that a real thing can you add and you, you had said that the teeth have a regenerative well they they remineralize all the time kind of like is your arm really your arm no, it's a different arm from nine years ago. It is. It's yeah. a different arm. Besides some of the nerves in your body, you, your body, you know, the cells are replenished. Sure. And they exchange same with your teeth. Yeah, interesting. Well, then if that's the case, why don't cavities heal themselves? Some can. Oh, really? Some can. If it's I not... I thought it was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the reasons I think that most of them don't is that, mm. um, you know, the, the bacteria aren't they don't have pickaxes. They're not digging in through there. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not exploring through the teeth, uh, willfully. They are, that's an opportunistic infection. So the they're acid, for crevices they're everywhere. Yeah. The bacteria is everywhere. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> so if you have that cavern initiated, um, unless you're working very diligent to keep it clean and, and remineralizing that site and there are paste we can put on there to try to, reverse it yeah then some of it can but if it's too if it's in too deep if it's back if it's across the enamel and into the dentin then it's time for a filling yeah 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 i think a lot of people end up with cavities i mean as your life goes on your teeth don't last forever do they or can they i mean it seems forever is a long time that's what they tell me i say a lifetime <laughs> yeah teeth can last last a lifetime but you know it the, the more regular you catch these, and the, yeah. the more you go to the dentist, the more you agree to have your x-rays taken. That's another thing. The x-rays don't put out hardly any radiation anymore. 
Right, I know a lot of people are afraid of that. Yeah. And they don't want their teeth x-rayed because they're afraid it'll give them, you know, brain cancer or something. Well, you sh- everybody should fears, be. Though. Well, I mean, it's not that it's unfounded, but even if you're having a big procedure and a lot of x-rays, if you decide to fly to Atlanta next weekend, you're getting more radiation on that plane. Sure. Without a doubt. Of course. Or if you're outside on a really nice sunny day. Um, I mean, you can ask for the lead. I always ask for the... Yeah. The lead thing. Oh, that's always... Just because, you know, why not? They have it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I won't keep to you too much longer. I'm going <laughs> to ask you a call. My friend Sam said, why do, why do you scare me? And then he made a smiley face. I think people are very um, scared of that kind of thing. Okay, this is the recovery one. So we asked that one. Um, the thing about being, people being scared, um, I actually try... I've got so many patients who came in very fearful who I've said, will you let me, especially on the upper, I can give, it's one thing I learned from a, a teacher that was phenomenal about how to administer the painless injections. Um, often patients will be like, what were you doing? I was like, I was giving you your anesthetic. You know, they, they just don't know because it wasn't bothering them. But so, those needles that are 10 feet long? <laughs> well, they're, they're pretty small now. I mean, different shots need different needles. Yeah. Um, but um, I think, I guess my point is I've had a lot of patients back away from their anxiety after working with Well, you me. have a very gentle demeanor that probably helps a lot. You know what I mean? I, I think some people probably feel menacing when they're going to do a procedure. And so it would put a patient off more. It's just a natural yeah. vibe. Empathy, empathies. if you ask me what the... the best quality for dentistry for good dentists to have number one you have to be empathetic you got to understand even even dentistry can go wrong like you do the same procedure over hundreds of times and then this one patient doesn't quite go as well or something spills in and and you got to redo this well you're redoing it because you have empathy for this person not because you don't you can patch it up and get them out of there because you're ready to go do whatever you got to do with your day, but because that will happen, it does happen, and empathy in all areas is super important with dentistry. Do you have any concerns for things like Hep C or HIV or any of that? Because I, I mean, I remember somebody was it back in the eighties or something. There was a a dentist that contracted HIV. Obviously, is a long time ago and and all that, but. I imagine those are still things that float around in the back of your brain pan when you're working on someone. No, because we have, well, I don't think about it because we have our standard protocol, our OSHA regulations. And if you do those, I mean, they're in place to take care of everything. You know, of course, a needle stick could happen. A bite. Um, yeah, any, any type of breaking of the, the skin, the tissue, it's, it's not very common. Have you ever been bitten? By accident, I'm sure. But well, little like, kids, maybe. No, not really. I've mean, oh, never really been in, you know, full chomp down bite. <laughs> but knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> so. No jinxing. All right. Well, okay. This question I thought was actually a really good one. Um, does Bring he know, does he know anyone growing new and replacement teeth? And I'm gonna add gums to that because I I feel like gums would be an even more logical thing for this um, from stem cells. I thought that was a really good question. Well, I certainly hope it, it we get to the point where we can regenerate enamel 
and mm -hmm. find ways to put it back in. I think where we'll go with that is enamel. You've got all the enamel you'll ever have. It's just how the teeth form. Um, they're actually, you've got all the enamel on the teeth that you're going to have once they erupt in the mouth. You never get more onto those teeth. So hopefully instead of placing resin, we will have uh, something that mimics enamel better. I don't think we'll ever grow it back on the tooth. I think we may use stem cells to apply enamel and bond it back in just like we do with any type of uh, ceramic now, but I mean the ceramics are so good that if you if you bond this in correctly, it's uh, I mean because it it's how they're building it is to mimic enamel. So whether it's a stem cell into real enamel that's added, or if it's a ceramic that mimics enamel mm -hmm. and that's added, but I tend to think that's maybe I don't know. It, it's it's out of what I think I'll ever do in terms of people regenerating enamel on their own teeth because that just it doesn't make sense physically like physiologically because the gums they would yeah oh yeah sure oh yeah. yeah the soft tissue it's very different that makes sense i thought of a question just now Sweet. So, smoking and chewing and and i mean i guess even to some extent alcohol but smoking and chewing i imagine is horrifyingly bad for teeth and gums certainly um, you see a lot of, I mean, you maybe don't see that, but maybe as you were studying and learning the esophageal and oh, yeah. gum diseases and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the drinking, the alcohol, um, the tobacco, I think it all even works together to, you know, I mean, the incidence of oral squamous cell carcinoma, that's something I'm always on the look for. With each new patient, I'm always checking the hot spots for it. So, of course, alcohol, tobacco, increase those chances. Alcohol does, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Again, because of the acidity or what? No. No, you know, what's happening with any really malignant, terrible cancer is the lack of differentiation of a cell. It just is proliferating and it's not doing what it should do. It's not... It's not differentiated so alcohol disrupts that so does the tobacco use and when you pair those they tend to have you know it, i think it's even been discussed by a few or it's even been shown in a few studies that that alcoholics have a um can have a higher incidence of the squamous cell carcinoma than than some tobacco users so wow fascinating yeah but interesting yeah, just my advice, don't don't meddle with either of them. Oh, well, alcohol, you know, people are going to drink. and Sure. So, but there's something about the tobacco. The worst application is smoking. More so than chewing? Oh, absolutely. Fascinating. Yeah, I wonder if it's because the smoke is so... It, well, I mean, I would think that the spit would carry the, the chewing tobacco around pretty good. Well, you know, the, the, the location where people hold the wet tobacco... Mm-hmm. So let me tell this story. This is good. I had a great pathologist in, in school. He was kind of a young, hip guy, wore cowboy boots, but he was very, he was revered, Dr. Anderson. He knew his stuff. This is a very well-studied guy. And he walked into our, our class one day and he said, you're the first class I've ever taught that um, 
we're, we don't find a higher incidence of oral squamous cell carcinoma in a dipping population of people who just dip wet tobacco than we do uh, the control, people who don't dip or, or drink. But actually we find it more in people who drink alcohol and smoke that it's higher. So I'm not advocating it, but the reason he said that is he said, so you're the first class that we're going to recommend if somebody's trying to quit smoking by dipping, continue that. Fascinating. Yeah, it, it was crazy because when we heard that, we, I was like, did he really say that? But I like that. You're, we're analyzing information and instead of throwing it out, we're thinking, you know, like, let's analyze it. Let's figure out what's going on. Sure. If people aren't dying of squamous cell carcinoma from wet tobacco, then in encourage that over smoking if they can so yeah it's a tough area but yeah. i mean that's what the the research is showing and alcohol and cigarette smoke is a bad not combo not good yeah all right so final thoughts one really great piece of advice for people out there who are wanting just to maintain a healthy smile and Ooh. good diet get your rest um be nice to your mother <laughs> um, when you say good diet is there a particular food that helps us support that or just in general you know I am very I would say that I am um, focused on, on acidity in terms of the health of the teeth for mm -hmm. sure um, now I you know I, I don't really advocate um, a vegan diet over vegetarian over uh you know any um hunter gatherer diets i mean shoot there's you know there's so many different diets but okay well, i'll, I'll, I'll die before they had their teeth worried. all right i'll go ahead and cut it off it's saying reduce the time you have acidity on, on your teeth enjoy your coffee enjoy your juice but go rinse your mouth out when you're done or you know, just don't 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 drink your juice and then lay down and go to bed because yeah. that's that's when it, the damage is gonna happen. I need to cut back on my coffee. It's terrible. I have a couple cups in the morning, but I love it so I, much. I don't think it's bad after you're done. Just rinse your mouth. Yeah, I'll brush my. Well, brush I generally brush my teeth before. I I'm kind of a see, and that's the other thing. I isn't brushing too much not great for your enamel either. So, like, I brush in the morning when I wake up, and then I'll eat my breakfast, and I'll do my thing, whatever, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do my day, so I'll, you know, and then I just use water generally. I don't do toothpaste. I just kind of rinse around, mm. which sounds super type A or something, and I'm like, and then at night, of course, when I go to bed, so, but yeah. I have pretty thin enamel right here, Yeah. Um. and I don't know if that's because I'm a, a, I like my grapefruit juice, or I don't know why. It's just the genetic makeup of me, but. Well. We, uh, or if it's because my teeth are so big, you can tell, or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Some people do over overbrush. We like to try to give people soft bristled, and the reason we want to see you twice a year is about that six month mark. The buildup for most people gets to a point where the brush won't remove it, and then that makes more of the buildup uh, sure. foothold. So, that every six months, if you come and, and let the hygienist clean it off with her specialty instruments, you just 
go right ahead and enjoy your brushing. Yeah. Be fine. I'm so weird about it. I have my sonic hair. Yeah. So I do that at night and in the morning I brush with the um, regular toothbrush, yeah. soft because I Switch could hitter. Cause I could do my tongue and everything yeah. and get all that done and and then it, it's just funny. It's I guess everybody's got their quirky weird things about their teeth. But mm -hmm. yeah. Jeff, well, come see me. Come see me. We'll see if you do have thin enamel or, or not. I think it's pretty see-through right here. I don't know. I've noticed it's gotten thinner over the years, but yeah. my mother even commented on it once. So yeah. I was like, I don't know what to do about it, Mom. There's, I don't think you can do anything about enamel. It just is what it is. So, yeah. um, Jeff, thank you. You're Jeff so Travely, welcome. everybody. Dentist in Nashville. Find him. And I'll put links and things. And Great. when you are starting your new practice... If early this, November. Early November, so I can wait and, and put this out then. And you can, or you can put it out, and I'll I'll be. I, I think people over in East Europe will find out I have a new dental office when I'm ready to to, to let that go. Hey, I have a I'm following excited. over there, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, Thanks bye for having everybody. me. On. Bye, everybody. <laughs>